Everybody, I'm Mark Marble, and I'm Jim Ford, and this actually is the Lantern Cast presents Pre-Birth Episode Ten. And much like our main character, we are back from the dead. <laughs> uh, we were never, we were never gone. We were just, uh, you know, taking a little break. <laughs> we were, we were in the great beyond, <laughs> just like Al. <laughs> yes. Uh, we- we apologize for a much, 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 much longer uh, sabbatical than we had planned. A lot of things came up in the fall, and for the, and for for the, some of you anyway who have followed us over to the the, the greatest toy podcast, that actually was part of the reason why because we ended up recording that show for a while weekly. So that kind of uh, that made it harder to fit this show in. That's not the only reason. It's also with Chad and I and trying to figure out what episodes to do. The Lantern cast in general has just, we apologize, our recording schedules have not been very good for the last, you know, three or four months, so, in general. Well, the, the, other, the other big thing is just that, like, I've been sick for, well, <laughs> basically since October. There was, there was a couple of weeks in November where I was feeling pretty good, but, yeah, mostly just bronchitis for the duration, so... Still have bronchitis, but it's just not as bad right now. <laughs> he he's not overly bronchial tonight, so here we are. <laughs> uh, no, I, I have a I have a, a rag that I cough into to block out the sound. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I assumed you were, but if whatever gets you through the show, man. <laughs> uh, so let's let's do uh, the recap on this guy. Uh, so the Spectre number eleven. Uh, Demetrius, Sook, uh, you know, the usual suspects on this one. Everybody else I don't really care about. Do you, do you want to remind people a little bit where we were? We don't have to go into... I'll do it if you want. I'll, I'll, let, me, let me do it real quick, just because it's, it's been so long, I almost have forgotten where we were. But basically, I think where we were is what with Stigmanus there, that he, he wiped out Helen's parents. And because it was this big battle for Helen's soul, because either she's going to be like the savior of mankind or the des- or the destroyer of mankind, and Hal's kind of like brought her back mostly to the light side, and he kind of recreated her her bedroom, you know, magically in in his little temple in Utah, and he's reading her like a bedtime story, and then the Phantom Stranger showed up, and that's kind of where we left off heading into this issue. So if you're ever gonna l- listen to this episode. A episode of our show, Chad. This will be the one for you, probably. <laughs> oh, right. Phantom Stranger time! Yeah, and it ends with Ragman. No, just kidding. <laughs> Spoiler alert! No. <laughs> uh, so Ragman was actually made from Spectre's uh, cape. But anyway. Uh, yeah, so we open with uh, Phantom Stranger uh, waltzing in on the scene. 
uh, Hal makes a comment about getting better security for his Citadel, <laughs> which, I, I mean, like, seriously, he really should, because it's, like, mostly open air anyway. But, uh... And, and, he's, shoot, and he's shooting blanks at not having not having people walk in on the surface. Clearly, the Phantom Stranger is a, somebody you'd rather walk in more than Stigmatis, but still, his point is... Yeah. <laughs> So, Phantom Stranger, you know, pretty much says, like, uh, I, you know, well, you called me here. And he's like, well, I didn't call you here. Like, no, not you. You. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, okay. Uh, he's referring to another aspect of Hal, which uh, now we kind of get, like, this idea that Hal has subconsciously split himself into, you know, millions of different versions of himself to patrol the entire plane of reality. Uh, and they're all aspects of himself a- acting independently, but Hal is still the one in charge making the decisions just subconsciously. So uh, wrap your head around that one. But um, yeah, so they kind of go on like this mission to check out the you know, where these different aspects are and what they're doing, you know, to uh, redeem people. So first they go to this, uh, was it like English uh, professor? Yes. And it's an old man. He's, you know, really, really old. He, like, he's led, led, led a, a pretty, you know, garbage life. He has not been a good person. But now, you know, he's he's this old and he's like just, he's filled with regret for everything that's happened. So this aspect of Hal basically says to him, you can either, you know, like make a change now or you'll die and, you know, try and make a change in the next, you know, plane of existence. And, you know, the guy's like, you know, now, now, I definitely want to do it now. So, like the evil and everything that was in the old man kind of like spills out and this other aspect of Hal absorbs it and just kind of like, you know, he's consumed by the, you know, like the, like the evil of it and dies and, you know, and like his essence returns to Hal so that now this man is, you know, he's washed away of all of his sins, so that now he has to basically, um, he has to choose redemption, you know, with every decision that he makes now, so that he doesn't lose the opportunity that this aspect of Hal gave him. It's a clean slate, pretty much. That's but that's, Yes. That's basically what, yeah, all the, all, all this... Part of Hal does is basically he does like Jim said he absorbs his sins, kind of destroys his sins, and puts them on a level playing field again, starting over from scratch. So now pretty and whatever time this old guy has left, you know, pretty much if he, if he goes out and starts kicking puppies right away, he's in trouble. But if he walks the straight and narrow, then he's he's probably gonna be okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So pretty cool. And then uh, from there we go to Arkham Asylum. Oh, by the way, they took Helen. So she got to see the first one, and that was, you know, that was cool. Now that they're going to Arkham Asylum, they, uh, you know, they put her to sleep so she doesn't have to deal with this. Uh, meanwhile, Abin Sir, who was hanging out at uh, the Citadel by himself, wakes up, which is very 
very odd because he doesn't sleep and he's wondering why, you know, like he fell asleep because ghosts don't sleep. We get a very interesting, like cryptic, you know, message that, you know, Abin Sir, you are perhaps the only soul on this planet who would ask that question of who is this? So, flashback to Arkham Asylum, and it's different aspects of Hal that is, you know, they're all trying to do the exact same thing for that old man for all of the inmates in Arkham. Uh, Mr. Freeze, Clayface, Scarecrow, Two-Face, Killer Croc, and Poison Ivy. And they're absorbing all of, you know, the, the sins and everything like that so that, you know, like, after this they have the opportunity to, you know, like like Mark said, walk the straight and narrow and become good. Whether or not they do that or not is up to them completely. But, you know, the fan of Stranger says, he's like, you know, you got another chance. So, you know, everybody basically deserves the same thing. And they go to uh, a dude in, uh, where is that, Rasul, uh, a guy that's been carrying out lots of, um, violence to, I guess, try and free his people, but um, now he's, you know, regretting everything, so, again, you know, once again, the Spectre gives him the opportunity for redemption, he takes it, they go to the Yucatan, it's like a temple, Hal, you know, thanks all of his different aspects for doing this, and they thank him, they all fly out into the space, and just when they're about to, you know, go home, uh, Hal gets a, a psychic, I guess, emergency call from Abin Sir, you know, come quick. They go home and the, the Citadel is gone. So now Hal has to go find it. And uh, meanwhile, <laughs> the, the niece and the Phantom Stranger play Candyland. Hal finds the Citadel, and it's at the North Pole, and there's Santa Claus. Cliffhanger. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, it's, there's no with, more after that. With that, with that ho, ho, ho leading into the big splash page. <laughs> ho, 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 no. <laughs> yes, ho, ho, ho. Ho, Listen, ho, I, I, ho. I hit I hit the uh, the important part, which is that you know Helen plays Candyland with the Phantom Stranger. Who would have thought that would be a favorite game of the Phantom Stranger? <laughs> that uh, so so next issue. No kidding, it's it really is Santa Claus, which is why like as Jim and I were talking about like 15 minutes ago, it would have been so nice to at least get this episode released in December. <laughs> So yeah. At the, so at least the cliffhanger could have been around the holidays, if not the resolution. So but, as it is now, we're going to have to wait another twelve <laughs> months before we put out the next episode, just so it's timely. Yeah. Well, well, we'll have to do fill-ins for every, for all bunch of other Spectre appearances, but leave the main book alone. Yeah. That would be uh, interesting if we could manage that. That is. But. Yeah. I don't know. If there's a there's a some stuff, but not a. I don't think not if we were recording on any kind of regular basis we couldn't do it. Uh, so what did you think overall before I? Uh... Um, overall, it was a great issue, uh, one of the best, I think. Did you have any major issues with any of these bigger picture concepts in this issues? 
Then this stuff uh, came across or was introduced or reintroduced, actually, some of these. Um, Just curious. I mean, I guess, I guess, like, the, the fact that they are kind of going through all this again, um... It's a, I don't know, there's aspects of it that's, that do seem a little repetitive, but, you know, like, when you take away the fact that, you know, the Phantom Stranger is showing how this stuff, it does make for an interesting story. That's true. So, you know, like, I, I kind of overlook the, you know, the... The, the fact that it's basically like a rehash of some of the ideas that we've gotten already. Like, you know, it's like, how many times are you going to pound into our head that, you know, he's a redeemer? But, uh, you know, that's that being said, like, this was a cool story, you know. It's cool seeing him redeem the professor. Um, and, you know, like, it was cool seeing him visit Arkham Asylum, even though you know that, like, it's fairly pointless, Yes. You know, because, like, I, you know, we know that, it, like, immediately after this, nobody's nobody's changing. Um, and plus we had that whole issue with Two-Face, which was one of the best issues of the series, too. But we've got – that, that to me, was one thing. I almost wish they didn't show Two-Face just because yeah. we've already seen that whole how going down that road and even more directly going down that road trying to burn out, you know, the evil part of his personality. So – yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like beyond that, the I guess the only part that I had any issue with was like, well, the the thing with Rasul, like with that dude, like at that point, it seemed a little like, you know, that was a little overkill, you know, because like you show the professor, you show Arkham Asylum. That's all I really need to say. So this page, you know, well, these two pages, three pages, two and a half pages kind of seem like filler. Um, also, the same thing with the Yucatan. Like, that whole thing where he's giving thanks. And, I mean, like, you know, the art is cool enough, and, you know, it, it works. But it is kind of just filler for, you know, like, a, a larger thing. Like, I would have rather have seen, like, a few pages where they go through Arkham Asylum and actually give, like, a page to each of the villains... You know, even if it's just, like, you know, uh, a splash page with, you know, no words or whatever like that, and you see them being, um, you know, absolved, like, that would have been, I guess, a little bit more visually appealing than dealing with this dude in Rasul that we don't care about and, like, this kind of nonsense in the Yucatan. Um, well, I think, I, think, I think the Yucatan, we're supposed to assume there's going to be more to it because you have that mis mysterious woman kind of like lurking in the in the shadows there who is watching the temple. So I think, yeah. so I think I think that might be partially why or maybe big picture why you know they even showed us the Yucatan stuff even though I do agree that it is there is other than that aspect of it there isn't anything that's really plot important except for of course they they need to stay away from from the from the temple from the from their citadel a little bit longer, so I've been circling cry out to them. Yeah, I think the stuff with uh, and Razul was just it is mostly like you said it's mostly playing going back to the same beats we've seen. I think the only thing is that maybe it just shows a different level of 
sin because I think the old man's sin was was maybe a little bit a little more like morally bankrupt but not like in a violent necessarily a violent way and this and this guy essentially I think was supposed to assume that he's almost like a like a terrorist slash freedom fighter for the for what he believes in and that so I think it's but yeah I, I do I I do agree. I think maybe it could have been a little bit more time, maybe a little bit more time in general if they had done that at Arkham, just leave out Two-Face, like I said, because we've seen that before. Uh, I also think that... I'm, I, I was a little surprised that Hal's... Re- I can understand why Hal would be confused about, you know, you called me. Not you. You called me. <laughs> yeah. Like, but I, that I could be... I could understand his surprise, but I, I don't quite understand... It seemed like he was completely shocked at the idea of there being like so many different like little little mini specters floating around. But we've already seen that before. We've seen Hal yeah. do that on purpose. So the, I guess the shock for Hal, we can, I I can only assume that the shock from Hal is that he knows he can do it when consciously. He just wasn't. He just didn't know he was kind of doing it always subconsciously too. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's a pretty good jumping on point. Yes. Um. Uh, you know, I'll definitely give it that. And like I said, I thought overall it was a very good issue. Um, you know, like all, all the issues that I raised are mostly nitpicks. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I think overall this was great. And I'll, Fun and I'll, little story. I agree, and I think, sorry, and I liked, <clears throat> I liked the... I like a lot of the narration that the Phantom Stranger gives because you get a lot of insight in this. I like the fact that he kind of he, that he directly contrasts like how the way Hal views things versus Helen. You know, Helen doesn't that he points out that Helen doesn't really need an explanation that about who he is or to prove that the Phantom Stranger can be trusted because you know she just knows it instinctively because of because of her connection with that plane. Why Hal, despite pretty much all the power that he has and everything else, he just he still just he think he's using his brain, despite yeah. everything that he has, and as as much as he's expanded his horizons. At the end of the day, Hal is Hal, so he 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 anal- he thinks through every. He just uses his brain and not instinct and not thinking things on a more cosmic level. His instinct is to approach it the way Hal kind of always does. Which in the beginning is kind of, which is interesting because in the beginning it's kind of. Uh, it's almost like it's kind of like an insult towards Hal, but kind of like at the end, I like the way that you know the Phantom Stranger kind of points out that uh, that uh, you know, I'll just read this part because never a moment to digest events, just careening from crisis to crisis. But what he doesn't admit, perhaps not even to himself, is that he likes it that way. Dead or alive, Hal Jordan is a man who thrives on challenge, on breaking the next barrier, charting the uncharted course. And that's why I chose him for this job, for the for the job, which is interesting on you know multiple levels, because it goes back to what uh, Judgment Day, Day of Judgment. I always forget. It's Day of Judgment, right? Or was it Judgment Day? Um, I always forget that for some reason because it can. I get conf- Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Day of Judgment. I think it is too. Uh, judgment Day was the other one. But the Spectre was that the spect was that the Spectre in the trying to wipe out magic? Or something. That's what I always I always get those confused. And it's embarrassing because of this show that I shouldn't. But it's but it's just one of it's like one of those things. It's like everybody has these things in their mind that like a stumbling block that like a fact that you hear like like a, an answer to a question. Like you you may know ninety ninety nine 
90% of the questions and you know them and you know it instinctively and there's one question you always get wrong and as much as you try never to get it wrong, it's just, uh, I'm, I'm going to find the answer for us in one second. <laughs> but yes, but I, but he, just, but the uh, Phantom Stranger was a huge factor, obviously, in, back when Hal became, became the Spectre, Day of Judgment. So I like, but I like his assessment of Hal. I think that's pretty accurate. That's, that is the Hal Jordan that we know. And that's even the, uh, just the fact that, you know, Hal kind of likes, that's the way Hal is, and Hal's comfortable kind of like not really just flying by the seat of his pants and not really, you know, having to think much about things, just, you know, just anything and anything you tell Hal he can do, that's that's going to make Hal want to do it even more. <laughs> so I thought that, so I thought, I thought the Phantom Stranger's narration was pretty cool because for the most part, he is, he pretty much is the narrator in this book. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's, and I yeah I thought I I thought the I liked the fact that in the beginning, and this kind of surprised the Phantom Stranger that in the beginning when when the part the essence of Hal the version of the Spectre which is dealing with uh, the Professor, that you know at first the Spectre I mean uh, the Phantom Stranger he doesn't even know what language that he's using, that he can't even comprehend it at first. As yeah. Ti- as time goes on, he can, uh, for whatever reason, he 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 can understand and know and knows exactly what's going on. But in the beginning, it's like it's a language that even he pretty much can't translate and that's kind of and uh he he almost seems like impressed with that (laughs) i I took that to be like he was talking not so much in a language that he couldn't understand but more of like a language that nobody could understand except for that man you know like could be yeah like the concept (laughs) that he's speaking in a language that only you know two people can ever understand at one time and you know with him and his his target or whatever like that because then it's like you know and now now nothing remains hidden from me i think that they all heard that because you know that version of the specter wanted them to hear it yes that's i would agree i would agree that they got to a point in the conversation where it was no Basically, once that had been breached, then it's like, okay, now I don't care if any if if the other people in the room hear this. But now, and it's also possible it could be just like it could just be that language that basically connects the inner part of your soul. As they talk about, it's not it's not it's not the personal identity aspect, soul wise. It's more like you know, it's the eternal aspect, the immortal aspect, the part that kind of keeps going on mm-hmm. itself. That maybe it's just a private, maybe it's just a special language or connection between basically. God slash the presence and and the souls, you know that aspect of souls. So, yeah, I I agree. I, agree. I thought I thought this issue I thought this issue was pretty good. I thought it was. Uh, I like the fact it was a one-off story, and we actually I have gotten a few of these in this book, kind of like alternating. Like I think the next I think the next issue, the Santa Claus one, I think is a one-off, but I'll have to double check. Um, but what I. I'll tell you, like, one of the concepts that I really, really did like, and I kind of wish that somebody else would kind of pick up on this, and, you know, I mean, like, I think you could make an entire book out of it, but, like, the, the concept that all beings carry their history, and then, this is right from the book, all beings carry their history in holographic form in their energy fields, and the specter coaxes that field into being and reads it. Like... That's really interesting. That's like, you know, like they could do a book about, um, 
almost like the biographies of everybody in the DC universe as told by the Spectre, you know, going through and reading their energy field. I, you know, like a, like, a, like a secret origins kind of thing, you know, combined with a secret file, so you get every last piece of useful information. I, you know, I, I think that's like a really clever and interesting story, you know, idea. Yeah, I agree. Uh, what you I, call it? The other two things... Oh, what? No, good, no, good. Uh, the other two things that I really did like was the mention of Aslan. Yes. With, with uh, Abin Sir reading the... He must have been reading the Chronicles of Narnia. Yes, which we know they were reading before. Um, so, yeah, he does seem fascinated with, with that... With that... Uh, which... Like, that series, he seems fascinated by it in general, but again, it kind of makes also makes sense with Aslan being, you know, being the Christ figure that he is, that it kind of makes sense that in this book, which is obviously a very, <clears throat> has a lot of, if you don't want to say religious, though I think it is religious, if you want to just say spiritual, either way, it's got a lot of overtones. Oh, and yeah. So that in, so I think that, I thought that, I thought that was pretty cool. Artistically, I like the fact that how, in, in Arkham, how we, how, a lot of the uh, versions of the Spectre were kind of like designed specifically to try to appeal to uh, to the character they were trying to redeem. I thought that was pretty neat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that was definitely pretty cool, uh, artistically. Uh, and then, oh yeah, the other thing is when um, when Abin Sir wakes up, and the voice, which we now know is Santa Claus, says, you are perhaps the only soul on this planet who would ask that question as far as who is that? Especially since he was ho-ho-hoing before. <laughs> exactly. He is the only person on, you know, the only soul on the planet because he's from another planet. <laughs> uh, that was pretty clever. It's still, of course, interesting that uh, Abin even fell asleep. Yeah, well, yeah. I, and I'm, I'm kind of hoping they kind of explain that in the next issue. Especially because it would seem the way it's the way it's drawn, and also based on the way we've seen these two characters interact before, that you would that I think it's certainly it's they are certainly setting it up for you to suspect that it has to do with the fact that Helen went to sleep, and that's why Abin Sir went to sleep. To me, anyway. You think? I that's how I interpret. I could be wrong. That's how I interpret it because don't because they show those two panels side by side, which could just be a segue from one character mm. sleeping to another. But since ha since he seems so surprised, Abin Sir that he fell asleep, that I kind of thought that maybe because there's a connection between Helen and Abin Sir. So when Phantom Stranger put her out, he he inadvertently put out Abin Sir as well. But I could be wrong. But I could be wrong. Trust me, it's been so long since I read this book, much like you, the series, that I don't yeah. exactly. I mean, I do remember how where Abin Sir ends up. That part I do remember. But along the way, I don't remember if if this if that connection between him and Helen is ever touched touched upon to prove it or not prove what I what I just said. That's just reading this like from with a, almost like a with a fresh pair of eyes. That's that's kind of how I interpret it. Um. Yeah, I mean that that's a possibility. I I just assume that it was something that Santa did because of the fact that as soon as he wakes up, there's Santa, and most likely they had either moved the place or like he was about to. That's true. Most likely, yeah. Most likely, he put him to sleep, moved the place, and then he woke up, and there's Santa. And not even a present. <laughs> well, the present was that as a ghost, he got to sleep. 
<laughs> Merry Christmas. No not returns. Even, not not even gift wrapped. Yeah. Oh. I I like I like the synopsis for next issue though. If you actually read it, it's like Santa, Charles Dickens, guest stars don't get any bigger than this. Our friendly ghost joins in the ultimate team up as Hal takes on an evil Scrooge, hell bent on the destruction of Christmas. Mm. That's gonna be fun, people. May not be that good, be but, fun. It's, but it's gonna be fun. <laughs> yeah, too bad we have to wait a year to hear it. <laughs> but in practical terms, we're aim- we're aiming to. This is middle of middle of January. Actually, more cl- towards three quarters through January. <laughs> uh, probably by sometime before the end of March, we'll have this out. Maybe maybe before. Maybe we'll shock you, but we want to get back at least on some kind of regular regular release pattern with this with this show. <laughs> Well, Mark does. Yeah, I I I aspire to that, and so I'm 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 gonna take Jim kicking and screaming along for the ride. <laughs> Basically, uh, it's fun. It is. It's. It was, I I actually the more I reread this series, I actually do kind of. I like how now I like Hal being back as Green Lantern, but I did I did really like Hal as the Spectre. I thought there was a lot of untapped potential with Hal. As the Spectre, and I would not have minded if they if they could have kept him as the Spectre long term. Maybe obviously the direction of this book probably would have needed to be changed, even if they had kept it going. But just thinking of the Spectre's other appearances, which we're going to be getting to at some point, like when we do the Soul War and things like that, that having the Spectre interact with you know the rest of the DCU, I think there was a, there was a lot of potential. And plus having Hal theoretically be certainly at the time be more of a be a more even a more powerful character than Parallax was not really a bad thing <laughs> to me anyway to some people obviously yeah well the yeah the guest appearances in the other books was was really cool I I, I picked up certain things just because of that oh yeah 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 they did so um I think that's about it for this I think yep yeah. if you don't have anything else to say we'll go after we'll actually go into our listener feedback, and we have to apo- we have to apologize to Laurel for this because Laurel sent us these things again, like in the middle of September, and since <laughs> we haven't recorded since, it was pretty timely at the time, pretty timely uh, voicemail. I mean, sh- or I should say feedback at the time because of the fact that it only been like about maybe like a m- close to a month since we put out the last episode, so it was right. Mm-hmm. On, it was right, right, perfect, right on. You know, the, the head of the nail was perfect timing, but. But here we are. Okay, you ready, Jim? <laughs> oh, I'm ready. This this is the easy one. This even though in theory this might be one from that might give us more discussion, even if it's not right now. It's things to think about. Um, <clears throat> Hi, Mark and Jim. I've caught up on the pre-birth through episode nine. Probably everybody has now because of the gap. <laughs> <laughs> As yeah. I mentioned on Twitter, and she did. Uh, I still think this series needs a new name, like Lantern Cast presents Hal Jordan as the Spectre. <laughs> Regardless, I have some comments, but they may end up in a series of emails, so bear with me. So that was her first email. What do you, you think we should think about changing the title or or, or maybe having a, a different subtitle? Well, I mean, technically, I always thought pre-birth was a bad idea. Um, Even though I you, think I was the one say, that came up with I was, it. I was just going to say that. I think you're the one who technically came up with it. That's why it surprised me you thought it was a bad idea. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's horrible. Uh, but I mean, here we are, not you know, ten episodes in. So I mean, I, I don't think we can change it technically, like legally. 
We could just add another subtitle to it. Atlanta. Wait, Lantern Cast presents. How, what's the full title that we have right now? I think it's Lantern Cast presents Prebirth. <laughs> okay, so Lantern Cast presents Prebirth. Hal Jordan as the Spectre. <laughs> Hal Jordan as Spectre. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't really dig that one too much. But well, we'll think about it. We'll think about it. I just never knew you hated Prebirth as much. <laughs> oh, it's an awful, <laughs> awful name for a podcast. But you know what? It like I do. Like the thing is, like it is kind of like appropriate on the nose. Yeah, yeah. it's definitely appropriate. And it's all and theoretically, it's all of a. I think part of the reason we decided to go with it was because it's open-ended enough that if we was, if when we're done with all the Spectre stuff we can do or we want to do, and if we wanted to continue and <laughs> continue the quote-unquote spinoff without coming up with a new spinoff, it was so open-ended that it kind of gave us a whole generation of stuff we could handle. Pretty much anything before Green Lantern Rebirth theoretically would be on the plate. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Especially and if anybody if, else wants, if anybody else wants to co-host that that podcast, <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. I I, I I I am pretty sure the 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 this spinoff as is is exists and entitled will end once we're done with the Spectre period. But yeah. that, in the back of my mind, that was just something in case we needed an out or I needed an out. That was right. All right, so let's get to the her bigger email, which has more questions and thoughts. Okay. Hi, Mark and Jim. I picked up the Spectre series as it was coming out. I was looking for something to fill the niche left by the Starman series that was ending in 2001. I didn't know much about Hal Jordan and happily ex- accepted the Spectre book as a Vertigo title that somehow, you know, remains set in the DCU. At some point, I bought back issues of Green Lantern and was struck by how different Hal slash Green Lantern was from Hal slash Spectre. It seemed to me that Hal slash Spectre was practically a separate character. You want to? Do you think you want me to finish the whole thing, or should we delve delve into it? I mean, yeah, we could we could discuss it as we go. Yeah, why don't um, we talk about that aspect about that? The diff. I I I think I. Do you want to talk? For, I mean, I don't want to cut you. I don't want to monopolize. Do you want to talk about it first? Do you? I, yeah. Um. What you going? I, well, first off, she has a really good point about it being like a DC Vertigo title, right. like a, a Vertigo mm-hmm. title in the DC universe. Um. Because, yeah, one of the things that I was thinking as I was reading this issue was, like, it's amazing that this comic got made. And, like, it kept going for so long. You know, like, like in a day, like, today, like, today it might survive. A year. Well, not even that. Like, I mean, like, I'm saying, like, this, this book might survive as long nowadays just because, like, there is a much wider audience out there for different types of books and i mean even if it didn't have like the green lantern aspect you know tied to it you know even if it wasn't even like the specter like this as an indie book i think you know would definitely have a niche but i mean like you know this as a dc book nowadays like it's it's just kind of amazing that that this lasted as long as it did um Demetria seems to have pretty good pull as far as being able to get books that last for lo- much longer than you would think, and I and I like this book, so I was kind of sad when it w- wound down. But I think as probably some 
some of our listeners will probably agree with as we get to the latter stages of this book I think it was kind of like momentum was certainly waning yeah. in the direction he was going in I th- think it started strong and I think it was still relatively strong maybe through like the mid-teens in this book but as we got closer to I think like issue 20 it started going downhill a tad but you go back even like something more still Green Lantern related more in our more in our wheelhouse I mean as far as current uh, characters, not because it was a particularly well-conceived book, but you go back to Larflees. I mean, Larflees was what De Mateus and Giffen, right? And that and that thing lasted that thing lasted a year. So you you pretty much have to think that that book was that that book was almost guaranteed a year, or he was almost guaranteed, or they were as a team were guaranteed a year on that book because you would think by sales it should have been canceled a long time before that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true, and, and I mean and. <clears throat> To be fair, I mean, while it was not executed nearly as good as this, but I guess it had a better um, kind of tie-in to the Green Lantern yes. universe, like the Red Lanterns book, where, you know, like, how many issues out of, like, uh, What's-His-Face's run, like, you know, in the beginning of that series, was just, like, you know, Atrocitus, just, like, waxing poetic about... <laughs> You know, lamenting about how, you know, how bad everything is. And, you know, like, it was, it wasn't this same kind of thing, but it was also, you know, in the same vein, like, you know, more of a think piece than it really should have been. That's true. Oh. And I think, and I think, I think the point about them being separate, I think, part of the problem with this book, I think, was the fact that, it was hard for a lot of Hal fans to get into this book or stay with this book, probably for the, some of the reasons Laurel's talking about. Because in a way, which is kind of ironic, because the episode, we, you know, the issue we just talked about in this episode is kind of like trying to play up the fact that Hal is still the same guy. <laughs> but I think on the on the surface and reading, and maybe because they were dealing with such big picture issues, I think it was difficult for a lot of Hal fans to really stay on board with this. To really stay on board with this. Book and I and I understand why they were trying. You know, they were kind of still trying to keep Hal separate from Green Lantern. It's like they were trying to do that. They were trying to like appease the Hal Jordan fan base, bring back this character. Jeff Johns bringing Hal back for the first yeah. the first time, bringing Hal back, but yet not interfering really, in, except only like in a positive like Obi Wan role with Kyle. Kyle was still doing his own thing, so they were trying to make these separate. Keep the keep the keep the franchises, if you will, the, the characters separate, and I think they were trying to make Hal slightly different because I think the, ideally what they were trying to do is capture a little bit of the fan base from the like the Jim Corrigan Spectre book, and a little bit of the Hal Jordan fans from the Green Lantern book, and whether they really succeeded yeah. in doing that at all because you, know, I mean I I and we mentioned this before I really like the idea of Hal becoming the, you know and making this the specter become the spirit of redemption not just because it's a cool concept because he himself was a character who in his mind's eye at least was desperately in need of redemption but because his willpower was so strong that he could basically tame that essence of the specter and convince the specter that kind of this is the way to go (laughs) so i um yeah well i just wanted to say like you know it's yeah it's definitely different you know, his character here than, you know, like Green Lantern, 
But I mean, like, the circumstances that he's under in this book are so vastly different. You know, like, this book is basically him trying to adapt, you know, his superhero, you know, experience, you know, now to, like, a completely, you know, like, it's it's like, okay, well, you had, you know, um, you know, you had words, now you need to convert those words into math. I, you know, it's like, it's, you know, it's night and day, it's completely different, so, like, he's always going to be out of his element, and he's going to be doing the best that he can, but, I, you know, like, it's, it's all about him learning the job, and, you know, and being in these circumstances that are so vastly different that he is absolutely going to act differently than he ever did before. Also, he was dead. So, I mean, there's that, too. That's true. But he's also, but he, he's also fighting, he's basically still fighting himself. That he's still afraid of, <clears throat> of what he can do if, you know, he's afraid of making the same mistakes again. That's what he's afraid of. He's afraid, and and it comes, and it kind of comes in a way. Everything he does throughout this whole book, and during his entire time as the Spectre, and to me, it still comes down to that great. And I'm looking at it now, and that's why I wanted to pull it up. It's this great, the, that great picture at the end of what, JLA 35, when you see the Hal as a Spectre kind of holding the Earth in his hands, and he gives that whole thing about you know, my mind is deluged with thoughts of heaven and hell, crime and punishment, damnation and redemption, Hal Jordan and the Spectre. I'm dead, yet I live. I have no identity, yet I know who I am. And once again, I've been given enough power. I've been given power enough to change the world. This time, let Lord, let me be worthy. That that's kind of, the, in a way, Hal's never really, he doesn't really get beyond that all that much. When you really get down to the essence of what he's trying to do. That, that, that he's always, he's, he's, oh, he wants to do the right thing, but he's kind of always afraid of not doing the right thing. So that kind of, in a way, in a way that kind of always, so it holds him, it, it liberates him on some level, but it also kind of holds him back from being who he can be. Um, let me get to her next paragraph, because some of the things we're talking about, are, she mentions too, uh, Hal slash Green Lantern was never a deep thinker and was very brash and headstrong. But in the Spectre comic, he had to work through large philosophical questions. He never seemed a religious man, but as a Spectre, he was interacting with God, with God's will and his heavenly agents. So he acquiesced. Um, let me do one more paragraph, and then we'll do do that. Uh, it's not until I was rereading these while listening to you that I'm beginning to see how slash Green Lantern's personality in the series. I never quite put together how drastic an impact being Parallax was on Hal, perhaps because I didn't read those comics until well after the Spectre series began. I'm just going to finish it. Finish. Um, I now see the willpower Hal exerted to rein in the Spectre's vengeful ways and the perseverance it took to become a spirit of redemption. I also see his rashness and confidence as he plunges into situations thinking that the Spectre has the power to get him out again. He doesn't always take time to assess a situation before making a move, the same type of personality that made him so effective as a Green Lantern. So that's my overview of my experience with the book. Thanks for making this podcast series. It's been fun to reread along with you both. Best wishes, Laurel. Great email, Laurel. Yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah, so um, I think it's like we've talked uh, some of these things. Yeah, we kind of touched on about the him being. Yeah, on the surface, Hal was never a deep thinker, and he, and he never he didn't think of that some of the big picture concepts. As much as you can't, you know, being a dealing with the Guardians in the universe and knowing that you're there's a different 
world out there, literally, uh, than you than a lot of people on Earth would ever think of. But when when he became the Spectre, clearly that changed his scope and his plane of existence and his understanding, and he couldn't really deny that, and he had to work with it. But like we said, par- the parallax thing obviously was a big impact on Hal, and it's, and for the longest time, it still was. <laughs> And it still was, I mean, for a while it still was an impact on him as when he became Green Lantern again. I know it became easier for in the Jeff Johns way of, you know, pushing beyond it once you realize it kind of was like an infection. Once you got rid of it, you were okay. But, you know, not everybody saw it that way, so that still made Hal kind of like living in his own sins a little bit, mm-hmm. or dealing with them. Um, uh, let's see, anything you want to add to... Just the fact that, like, you know, the, he wasn't a very religious guy, and then, you know, in this book, he's, like, talking to God. Well, I mean, you know, once you die, you know, and you've kind of spoken to, uh, you know, angels and stuff like that, I'm sure that does change your, your perspective of different things. True. And his time in purgatory obviously helped. <laughs> Seriously. Get me out of here! Yeah. I'll do anything. That's right. I'll do it, Helen. Get me out of here. Um. Yeah. So. I, I yeah. I think I think you do see. Like I said, it's good that other people can see it too. It's good Laurel was able to pick up on it. Jim and I can pick up on not just when they're kind of like making it obvious, like in this issue with tying Hal's personality as Green Lantern and with what he's doing as Spectre. And there definitely are elements. There's, I think, throughout this whole series, there's elements that have connective tissue between how you seeing how Jordan is, we know him. But I think because, as we touched upon, because of the kind of the way they were merging, like the, trying to do the amalgam of how Jordan of keeping what made people like how Jordan is Green Lantern, but yet keeping you know how people thought of the Spectre, like the Jim Corrigan Spectre, but yet trying to do something, do a different take. That you kind of throw these things together. And I think overall it wasn't it didn't succeed as well as it as they had hoped or it could have succeeded. But I think if you're a Hal fan, if you were a Hal fan who read at least knew a decent about Hal going into this book, and especially in the miniseries and the day the um, day of judgment miniseries, that uh, I think you do see that. I think you're able to see it. And then yeah, once you but it's, it's 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 good. I think it's really good that Laurel's able to kind of like, you know, especially going back and rereading some stuff after the fact, and then remember, and then kind of like rereading, the, and then rereading these stories that she read originally, and then kind of now see how it all, you know, how it fits together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. Oh God, I got to do a regular closing. I wasn't prepared for this. <laughs> I'm so used to recording in our. I'm so used to recording on our greatest toy podcast where you get to do the closing. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I, guess uh, I I could probably do it. No, I'm I'm gonna do it. I just take. Okay. Some, I I just usually when I'm recording, I always even though I know it's in my head, I always like having the text in front of me, and I just hadn't opened the document yet. Uh, <laughs> if you'd like to email us about this show, or please feel free, lanterncast at gmail dot com going to go out of order, or you could leave us a voicemail, 708-LANTERN. Uh, let us know what you think about this, Lantern Cast proper, any anything else that, any of the other spinoffs, or any of the other blogs, or Ring Cyclopedia episodes, or anything else that we put out. And Jim, sh- Jim, you should be having some interesting ones soon. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, once I can, you know, finally get some, some, some solid designs made. 
even the ones you've had so far look pretty cool. I mean, I know you're looking for the quintessential, but it'll be cool just just kind of even as an abridged version, just kind of like seeing you go through the process. Almost that would be kind of cool. I think bet you. Oh. People will appreciate that. Yeah, it's a good that. idea. Yeah, I think yeah, people yeah. Will appreciate that. Um, so, website, lanterncast.com, Dark Star Reviews. Um, we'll probably be getting more into movie reviews, especially since we're, our our movie review episode will actually probably be, be out by the time this comes out our, for 2017. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use hashtag GLCast to locate us on any of those. So now I'll have to say, as since I changed the order, last but not least, we are on iTunes and Stitcher. So whichever platform you listen to us on, please leave us a positive review. Anything else you want to push? Um, I know right well, now it's kind of shaky for us, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, we do the greatest toy podcast, and um, I mean, it it still kind of exists in a way in our hearts. <laughs> Swing low. Uh, yeah, no, we'll we'll have some some new episodes of that fairly soon, hopefully. But uh, yeah, other than that, no, just uh, this will be the the one regular thing that I do. Cool. Okay. Sounds good. So we will hopefully be back within the next, let's say, two months. Our goal, I will. I, if I can move, unless I have, if I have any power to move heaven on earth, which sadly I really don't in the big picture, I will try to make sure we have an episode out by the end of March. <laughs> uh, but thank you for listening, and thank you for your patience, and, well, we'll be back with you soon. Good night, everyone. Good night. Quarters in session, no appeal on the docket today, just my home sin. The walls cold.